Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, Editorial Director of Marvel Digital Media, and we've got a very special guest with us, my good friend Brad Meltzer. Brad, welcome to This Week in Marvel. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. You are... I'm going to say this without any hesitation, the sharpest dressed guest mm. we've ever had yeah. on this podcast. That is a low it's bar. It's a low bar. So <laughs> let me, let, let, let's bar. talk about it. So I'm, I'm coming in the elevator, and the, you can't even make this up, and I say to the <laughs> woman in the elevator, uh, she says, what floor? I says, seven, please. And she looks at me, and she says, you don't look like you belong up there. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's so such a compliment and so insulting in the same moment, yeah. like in the same breath, but because I was wearing a suit because this is a podcast and you can't physically see I'm wearing a, uh, a suit from a television interview. And so therefore I got to step out and, you know, be like, Bond. Yeah. Do you want to plug the brand of suit or anything like that? You know what? I don't even know what I'm wearing. What looks wearing? like a Tom Ford. <laughs> who, who are you wearing? I'm wearing Ted Baker. Oh, Ted Baker. Ted Baker. Tom Ford's Classic arch stuff. nemesis. That's right. Uh, but to give you context, I walked in this morning wearing cargo shorts and a Groot t-shirt, sweating and cursing. And she said, said you, you belong, belong there. there. Oh, Get out of here. Sir. Here you go. Yeah. But you do belong here, and we've we've seen that as you've gone around talking to all the editors and uh, having a good time looking at the posters and whatnot. Uh, I, the, the most fun for me being here, so I came here, let's talk about, I came here when I was in law school, because mm-hmm. my friend Ben Rabb uh, was an assistant editor at the time, and I remember he took me, and he said, you know, why don't you meet us? And, he, and I think he was so new that he had us come and visit at like 6 o'clock at night when everyone was gone. At that point, he didn't even have like daytime yep. privileges. Um, and so we came in, I remember he gave us like, it was just probably you know, whatever free comics were laying around, and you would think he gave us gold. Hmm. I mean, right? This was, we were like free comics. Like you could have given us a new car, and we'd be like, "But what about the free comics?" <laughs> um, and we just loved it. And so I hadn't been back since. And, and obviously, the fun to me is when you and I get to walk around the offices, and I'm like, "Oh, look, that's the Mobius poster." Yep. And you're, you know, the best was, is, and let me actually say, Ben was like, "I don't know if you know this Mobius poster," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, he did a lot of them. Did yeah. he also do this one and this, one, one, this one, one and this one?" And this that's one. what we named through. Put me to shame. And so. Um, I just love to, to, this is a home for me for sure. Where, where did you get your, I, I know you've told the story of how you started reading comics, how you became a fan, but how did you start being be So Marvel comics? or Mar- just all comics? I want to I hear Marvel specifically because so I've never heard you know, that yeah, one. Yeah, Marvel, um, I was actually trying to think what my first Marvel comics were. I think it was actually introduced, and I'm sure I saw Spider-Man and whatever else, sure. but, but the one that, that is preeminent in my brain is there was um it was a, a compilation book that was called, I think, like Sons of Marvel, mm-hmm. and it was. Right. Um, and I, I'll never forget the first story in there is an, is the is X Men number one, mm. and I think the way it was set up. This is all by memory, so uh, you'll tell me where I get it wrong because you're the internet. Um, <laughs> but basically, it was a, it was an old story, and then they would show a new one. So I yeah, remember yeah, they had yeah. like Daredevil number one and the origin, and then they went to like a Vietnam Daredevil. That I think it was like by Gene Colan at the time. All right. And cool. so you got to see like what it was in the original in the 60s and then here we were in the 70s and like this is what it is today and mm-hmm. I remember I think the last story in there was was a Nick Fury like one of the first Nick Fury shield stories and I remember they had it was the first introduction of LMDs oh, wow. and they and the flying car and I remember it was like he has a flying car and then they had this thing called an LMD and you were like you know reading the little captions for what an LMD stood for mm-hmm. and, and I just remember thinking that was the coolest thing that there were two of them you know and that just <laughs> blew my mind but the one thing that stood out more than anything was Daredevil yeah. Daredevil just made an impression and I think it was probably because I was young, but it was like that this young boy, it was an or they showed his origin um, and had become blind. And I think to any kid, 
being blind is like this kind of preeminent fear. It's like being paralyzed. It just it hits you at a core that you may you can't comprehend paralysis. I think when you're really young, but at seven or eight years old, you know what blind is. And the idea that Daredevil and Matt Murdock were blind was just crazy to me. And also, he got his powers when he was a kid, which. There's no better fantasy for us nerds, right? right? It's like, wait, I'm gonna go out and save people, and I'm gonna get superpowers. This is gonna be awesome. So, I think that was the original. Um, I think that was my original Marvel, and then from there, uh, I certainly grew up on Justice League and Teen Titans. But the competitors to that were, of course, although back then it was really John Byrne's Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. and then of course Claremont and and uh, Byrne on X Men, mm-hmm. and those were. You know, once you get one, that was what that was what the drug dealer gave you for the other hand. Right? I mean, that was like, oh, you like those? Take these. But I remember getting Burns X Men um, early on. I mean, I'm sorry, Burns Fantastic Four early on, and then I didn't read Dark Phoenix until it was actually done. That's when mm. I heard about it when Dark Phoenix was done. But I had read oddly. I'd read all the early stuff. I'd read X-Men 1. I knew Toad. I knew Magneto. I knew all that. But I wasn't reading it in continuity because I always had these compilation books. And you were reading it with the original team with Cyclops and Marvel Girl. And yeah, all that. no. I mean, um, I knew it as the, 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 the original five. Like yeah. when they, you know, so the idea that they had. Who's this Wolverine guy? I remember like when Wolverine came. I do remember seeing that because I remember the yellow costume with the whiskers. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, what are those whiskers? What is that thing? <laughs> and I still, I actually still maintain that Wolverine's costume and his successes. I mean, there's just something about that, like, and I think for Batman, too, I don't know, you know, you can get all phallic about what it is, but <laughs> those costumes, they kind of tap into something, yeah. they, and I think comics always kind of honed to a core of a great idea, mm-hmm. and I think Wolverine, just like Batman over time, just honed that, but I, me- but I do remember, I 100% remember going by when Wolverine, I mean, by the time Wolverine, Frank Miller limited series came out, mm-hmm. I was all, I mean, at that point, I had read Miller's Daredevil, I mean, I read all of that I remember in continuity. I remember reading that as it came. Oddly, not X-Men, but I was a fan of Frank Miller. He was just, I remember, one of the first people that I knew beside Wolfman and Perez that I knew the name of the writer. Right. Like, even when I read Justice League all those years, I was like, I don't. I can tell you the artist. I always knew who Perez was. I always knew who you know, Giordano was. I could tell you all the, you know, even Dick Dillon, I remember those. And I certainly remember John Byrne, because I just knew I liked Byrne. But I remember that Frank Miller on Daredevil and Frank Miller on Wolverine was like, whoa. I mean, even the cover, that, that like that come hither thing on the cover yeah. was like, it broke that fourth wall in a way that when that single issue came out, I was like, I'm buying two of these, <laughs> which I still have. Um, what, uh, from there, like, who are your favorite Marvel characters? Uh, you know, I talked to Kassad about this. I mean... I, I That's always, Joe Kassar, yeah, uh, Chief I mean, Creative Officer. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. and for me, I, there's something always about Daredevil. I mean, I'm trained as a lawyer. Yeah, um, I was going to ask about that. Is that because of Daredevil? You know, the funny thing was, is when did Daredevil, <laughs> See, when, did, when did it go in continuity that he went to Columbia Law School? Because I think that was when I was at Columbia Law School. I really yeah. maintain that. I feel like that's a Miller thing. Yeah, I feel like it was later, right? It wasn't yeah. early on. It certainly no, wasn't early on. To generic law but school. I remember when I was like going to law school, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to the same law school as Matt Murdock. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be Matt Murdock. I might just be Matt Murdock. You know? <laughs> Making this happen. And I was really like, if I join a law firm and the law firm comes in and, you know, and it has the word Murdoch in the name, yeah. like, and Nelson is anywhere in there too, like, yeah. I'm joining. Like, if, if, if someone had a fake, because you go to these firm interviews and you don't really know the names of the firms. They're just mm. like, you know, whatever, you know, what name, you know, name, name, and name. And if someone put up a sign that said Franklin and Murdoch, like 
I would 100% have signed up for an right. interview with them. Like, right. I would have literally taken all my education and all my grad school work <laughs> and been like, I'm signing up and I want to work there. Yeah. So I think that's a good recruiting tool for you guys. All right, we should learn that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Morris Penagos, Morris Penagos, Morris Franklin, and Nelson. And Meltzer. Yeah. Done. That's it. I would be in there. But yeah, so um, I de- listen, I love... I love Daredevil, I love the Avengers, and I love the X-Men. Those are my three. I mean, those are the three that always did it for me. Favorite um, Avenger, favorite X-Men? Um, favorite X-Men, I mean, it's so cliche to say it in Wolverine, but yeah. I, I mean, Kitty Pride is just, I mean, that's, I, I mean, it. so when I, when I did Buffy, I so it. Joss Whedon and I, I mean, Joss obviously has this, you know, loves Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. You can't, be, see, here's the thing, you can't be a Jew and not love Kitty it's Pride. True. It's like, requi- it's like, it's, it's like the 11th commandment, really. I'm only and, half, and I, I right, got Right, and you news. have to, and, and I remember when I was writing, if you look at the script for my Buffy story, mm-hmm. Joss and I would, you know, we would obviously talk about what was happening, and I did this one Kitty Pride reference in the book, and and I wrote in the script, "That's right, Whedon. Like I'm taking your childhood right now, and I'm calling because he basically it's the whole thing about how Buffy is obviously a version of Kitty Pride, yeah. right? She's the empowered young, like yep. can't take no for an answer kind of thing. And I was like, you know, we know exactly, you know, how your subconscious plays into your. And I wrote this whole diatribe in the, <laughs> in the script that was like for this one panel. It was like, yeah. it's your youth reduced to a moment for where the creation of Buffy comes from. You know, to that moment when she says Professor Xavier's a jerk and she's pointing that way. Yes, Whedon, this is you, baby. Like, <laughs> and the artist. It's just like okay, Meltzer, yeah, whatever the hell you that? want. It was um, gosh, uh, George's uh, uh, Gentile. George yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, was just like, just tell me what the freak to draw. Um, but so Kitty Pride just always, and and also Kitty Pride like Terra in the Teen Titans, mm-hmm. they came at that point when I was at the height of puberty, mm. and they were both for anyone who was in the height of puberty at that time, they were catnip for the new reader, mm-hmm. right? They were like, uh, it was kind of like what Robin was when Robin first came around. They were like. Sure. It was there to sell books to little boys, and then they eventually figured out, wait, little, you know, young girls are just as interesting, and suddenly you had Kitty Pride, and suddenly you had Tara, and I don't think it was a question of copying, it was like, that's where the zeitgeist was at that moment, it's like, you know, Firestorm wasn't in the JLA, it was a new member who could be your eyes and taking you into this right. new character. Point of view character. So Kitty has yeah, a point of view character, and, and Kitty Pride just... Um, did it but I also I, I have a thing for Nightcrawler yeah. I just think Nightcrawler's awesome I think cool. he's just um, and every time he kept dying and coming back I was like we know he's coming back stop <laughs> killing him like just we know he's great but I liked him because he just also had that outcast thing mm-hmm. um, but I will say I mean I'd be remiss if I didn't say to me the best Marvel character of all um, is still Spider-Man yeah. I don't think anyone as a, as a pure character I, I think I mean, I think he has a better origin. I don't think anyone has a better origin in comics. I don't. I think his origin beats yeah. Batman. I think it beats Superman. It's it's the perfect origin, um, because it's all Jewish guilt, right? It's just like that's because <laughs> when they say you know with great power comes great responsibility, you see this like, you know, you see Uncle Ben and he's like this like you know big giant of a man, and for mm. me all I see is like a Jewish mom mm. being like you know if you don't do it, it's going to be your fault. <laughs> and I just read it in the same, in the same way really. <laughs> That's how I see Spider-Man. What about uh, the Avengers? Who are some of your favorites? Uh, I, you know what? I have a thing. I have a thing for the original old Captain Marvel in the original really? black shirt. I love because okay. it was Perez at his height. Yeah. And I love uh, Beast in the old Perez drawings mm-hmm. when he had the pointy hair. Like to me, that was one of my favorite. I mean, I love the Avengers. Listen, I, you know, Brian knows I love Ben. This is Avengers. I love all you know all the different iterations over the years. But for me, 
my first Avengers team was the George Perez team. And, you know, with Captain Marvel, uh, with um, Ca- I'm sorry, I said Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel's old mm-hmm. original outfit, mm-hmm. and black uh, Captain Marvel in there, and Beast, like, that was just something back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was one of my favorite runs. I remember buying, I think it was the issue 200, was that big George Perez cover with the giant 200 yeah. on the cover. Yep. And that was, like, George Perez right, like, at the height of his Avengers so work. Good. And, in fact, I recently bought, um, you guys did a statue of his Perez beast oh. that was a massive one and i bought it for my buddy noah who i named the calculator after and that was nice. present that year i was like i walked in the comic store and saw like a george perez beast statue that's basically made for like 12 people on the planet right <laughs> i'm gonna buy that that's a, that's 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 the group and they look at them and i was like and i'm one of them like i'm one of the 12 so i have one of those yeah um did so one one thing we always talk about with fans who they had some point where they lapsed where they they just got out of comics for whatever reason, but I've been listening, and you were you're talking about all through your adolescence and to law school and different pieces. Was there a point where you ever got out of comics? I never left comics. In fact, <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, so my roommate was Judd Winnick uh, in college, and when we got, and he was a huge Marvel fan, mm-hmm. uh, massive, massive Marvel. You can fan. see just from his Exiles run. Yeah, all from the Exiles, right? He, he just in. knows that like back of his hand, and he had lapsed when he came to college because mm. whatever, he just was in college, and I had never lapsed, and mm. I was like, I was that drug dealer. Yeah. I was like, hey man. You want to get some good comics over here? You know, like, first one's free. You know where to come for the rest. And, and I basically gave him at the time was this book had come out called uh, Sandman Number One. It was Game and Sandman. And I remember um, going and buying that. And be like, you got to come back. There's really good stuff. And I've never, I never. There was never a time where I lapsed. I don't know what that says, but I do think people lapse because you know you just get old, you get busy, you get. But even in grad school, even when I was in law school. I would walk down. There was a comic store. I was on 116th Street, um, which is on the you know the verge of Harlem, and I would walk down by myself to I think the store was on like 103rd, which is you know you're not in a good neighborhood. So at that point you're risking a little bit of life and limb to get mm. what you want, and to me that was worth the risk. Yeah. Like I was just like, I don't need a graduate degree, but I need my Wednesdays. Like I remember <laughs> when comics were you know when they were Fridays, and then when they moved them around, then they would jump them you know. But I'm now they're Wednesdays, but. That's how long I've been at it. No, that's good. I mean, I've lapsed. I'm, I think you have, too. Nope. No? No. Wait, when I, did you lapse, Ryan? Um, there were a couple periods when well, I was... You have to say, my name is Ryan, and I'm an addict, yes. and then you have to, like... When I was a teenager, When you mostly. were a teenager, and really? I, I that's think one of, one of the things that got me back in was Judd's Exiles run. That was a great It was book. just, like, the celebration of all of comics and yeah. Marvel. Well, was, I think you come really back... Cool. I think you come back when you feel like what you read... Is still exists Mm -hmm. and like I think it's I I think right now just where we are I think that Rebirth is doing that for a lot of people who felt like oh maybe the new 52 that's not my Mm -hmm. hero anymore but when you see that what you loved is still there and I think that's like Judd's Exiles when you see that you know whether you're doing Iron Man you know 2020 which crazy right you used to think that was like the future yeah right you're like aaron stark is gonna be in 2020 we won't even live that long we'll all be dead by then now you're like right here and um <laughs> but the fact that you can see him do that yeah you're like oh that still exists i'm back and so yeah. i think that's why you get people to come back again yeah, yeah. we welcome them back i never lapsed what i did was i just stopped telling people that i was reading comics like uh, i was just reading them in, there, during there was a period in high school where it was definitely a secret but uh, see, I was I was such a nerd that it was never a secret. In fact, if you look at it, there was a, some a video that someone just put on the internet from when we were in high school, and 
again, this is at the point where you're not supposed to read comics. Sure. You are a hundred percent a loser. Yeah. That's what we were. And I'm and you can see me walking the halls in my in my high school and I'm wearing there were no Batman shirts for sale. They didn't exist. You couldn't buy a logo shirt like that. Mm. And someone in San Francisco when I went to visit my uncle had made a bootleg Frank Miller uh, <laughs> the Frank Miller Batman logo, which mm-hmm. was obviously the different rounder yep. logo and silk screened it onto a sweatshirt and I cut off the arms because I wanted to show my muscles <laughs> off because it was Miami in move. the 80s. All right, it's a sweet move. And I cut <laughs> off the arms and I'm literally walking through high school and I cut off the belly. So yeah, I cut yeah, off the yeah, yeah. So you can't see my belly but <laughs> you, there's no elastic on the bottom just to be clear. Oh, so I'm wearing a cut off which is a cut off three ways and yep. that's a move, right? Yep. Um, and I'm wearing this shirt to school. And it's a sweatshirt. It's a sweatshirt that I've turned in Miami right. that I've turned into a tank top. Yeah. And no man should be seen in any of these things. And I was like loud and proud out in school and everyone knew, oh, that's that guy that re-. and I was the only one I knew. There was mm-hmm. one kid, Seth, um, who later kind of admitted. Yeah. But I was alone, out. right? It was like me and TM Maple I would read in the back of the comic <laughs> books who would write letters and I'd be like TM Maple, that was a drop. I like um, that. So yes, anyone who read comics, TM Maple was like do you know? Do we, do we ever find out like whatever happened to TM Maple? No. You need to do an episode. That'd be a on great. It. Yeah, if we're still. So TM Maple, because I see your face. Yeah, so TM yeah, Maple. So if you TM read Maples. comics back in the '80s or '70s, um, in the letters page, every letter in every comic had a letter almost from T, a guy named TM Maple yep. in I think Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were just like, is this real? Is he fake? How yeah. does he get a letter in? Like I got a letter in one book. I have a letter in, in Infinity one. Incorporated. Like. In response to Infinity Incorporated number one, I wrote a letter, got it printed. But I'd written to all these other places, never got anything in. TM Maple was in every issue. So, like, you're And it only wasn't friend. like it was all the Marvels, just Marvel. It was no, Marvel, everywhere. DC, DC, it was everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And, so and, he couldn't have been, like, created by the company. Right. Yeah. And that's where you were like, who is he? And how is he so smart? And, <laughs> and when you didn't have the internet, like, the internet gave us all the knowledge that we're not alone, right? Mm-hmm. That what we love, that we have someone out here. Um, but back then, all you knew was TM Maple exists. And he's there real somewhere. And he's there for me. And somewhere yep. I'm gonna, he's going <laughs> to give me a hug when I need it. I want to know this person's Yeah, story. we have to track well, down TM Maple. You decoded on TM Maple. I was going to say, you're the man to do it. I want to know. So speaking of, speaking of Decoded and other projects you got going on, you're here promoting your new book. So let's, yes. let's talk about that. Uh, I appreciate that. So, yeah, doing the House of Secrets, mm-hmm. which... Anyone with a brain in their head knows is like so. I, I yeah. So, I like so that. <laughs> the best part is, is I used to hide my comic references. So I in in the Tenth Justice in my very first novel, right. which came out in 1997, wow. right, 19 years ago, I made the justices on the Supreme Court were the Watchmen. So mm-hmm. there was Osterman and there was Kovacs and there was whatever. And I remember being like, nobody's getting this. No. And now it's like it's almost like if I saw a Watchmen reference, I'd be like, come on, man, do better. Yeah. It's pathetic. <laughs> but back then, pre-internet, okay. Yeah. I remember like one guy. It took me like. 20 events before one guy comes up to me he's like dude wait till the end of the line you know like nice as could be quiet like all us comic readers are mm-hmm. he comes up he's like dude yeah he's like Watchmen <laughs> and like, yeah baby and we just it was like that nod that look of like like a guy who's wearing the band that you like on their shirt you're yeah. like yes I'm in um, and so since then I've always hid I mean, I had the most obscure, and I don't do like Dick Grayson and easy stuff like that. Not There's no tough. Peter Parker or whatever. Even Is Gwen D-Man Stacey. in any of the books? First of all, I love D-Man. No, I, I, I 100% D-Man. Everyone loves D-Man. Yeah. Well, D-Man has also that great like part Wolverine costume, yep. but you know should be like lawsuited out of the world just for that alone. <laughs> yeah. And and somehow that belt, yep. right? Like the weight belt of the '80s. Um, 
and don't even get me started on Scourge. He may be my favorite hero <laughs> is Scourge <laughs> as a villain. Um, mm. I loved Scourge, and I loved. You know what I also loved? I loved. Um, I loved Marvel Fanfare when it was the full, uh, the full splash issue, yeah. and, the, and every page a splash oh, page. Yeah. That was yep. good stuff. Um, but I did love the wraparound covers; those were great. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, so House of Secrets, right? <laughs> so trying I to promote so your book. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can't help. We're in Marvel, baby. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I always hide it. And this one, I was like, you know what? It's in the title, so it's called The House yeah, of Secrets, which right is obviously there. from the old House of Secrets uh, movie. I mean, comic book from DC. But it starts with a woman who wakes up in the hospital. She has no memory. And there's been an accident, and it's killed her father, who is the host of a conspiracy TV show, just mm-hmm. like Decoded was. Mm-hmm. And so stealing from my own life. But what happens is uh, the FBI comes in and says, the last person who was with your father was found dead, and he has an object that was stuffed inside his chest. Mm-hmm. And it was a priceless book that belonged to Benedict Arnold. And what she then finds is she has guns in her apartment. She doesn't know where they came from. She has scars on her body and tattoos on her body. She doesn't know how she got them. And she basically realizes that only by solving this murder will she find out the truth about her father Mm -hmm. and, more important, about herself. She's the mystery. So she's the actual, she's full of secrets. So she's kind of a really, really fun, badass female lead. Um, And the book is based around my obsession with George Washington and Benedict Arnold. And it's all set in present day, but has crazy stories in fact one of my i'll give you my favorite story is um the last moments between benedict arnold and george washington are some of the most heartbreaking moments in u.s history because what happens is is they say it's when when george washington finds out benedict arnold has betrayed him he's one of the only times anyone's ever seen george washington cry Hmm. and benedict arnold alexander hamilton hands uh, a letter from Benedict Arnold to George Washington. And Benedict Arnold writes this to George Washington. He says, he asked for three things in this letter. He says, one, don't kill my wife because she didn't know I was a traitor. He says, two, don't kill the staff. They didn't know I was a traitor either. I did this myself. And he says, three, in one of the craziest moments of letter writing history, he says, can you please send me my baggage and my clothing? I'm like, what? Right? And you're like, what? Like, the guy just put a knife in the back of the, you know, the leader of the country. He's like the most hated man since Judas. And he's like, by the way, can I have my stuff? Yeah. Right? And the craziest part is George Washington actually sends it to him. Right? I mean, you would think he'd burn it or put, like, yeah. lice in it or God knows. And he's, he gives it to him. But to this day, nobody knows what George Washington, what was in that baggage that George Washington sent back to Benedict Arnold. It's one of the great mysteries. Nobody knows what was in it. And I won't ruin chapter 85 of the House of Secrets, um, but you will see my answer. And it's a really fun, fun kind of modern-day thriller way to do it. That's awesome. So that's basically what I'm here running around for. Not Washington and and, uh, Arnold, but have you seen Hamilton? Of course I've seen Hamilton, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I got to go. The best part of going to see Hamilton, we got to see the show, but... Um, I, I tweeted out the book that we did, I Am George Washington, because I do a kid's book mm-hmm. with Chris Eliopoulos, yep. who all Marvel people we love. Um, and I tweeted the book out and said, hey, Lynn, I'm coming tonight. And I held up and I tweeted a picture of, of George Washington. And I, I we went backstage afterwards. And all of a sudden I turn around and Lynn tur- comes up and he's like, hey, man, saw your tweets. And then here's the guy, like Lin-Manuel Miranda's right there. And he's like, let me take some pictures with your family. And my kids are like okay that'll be cool my daughter's <laughs> having a heart attack my son even my son who's like my son goes up to me and he's like I, I really like what you did with President Obama I like what you did at the White House I'm like I think he knows son I think he knows that was a good one um, but yeah we got to meet him and it was super fun and he's uh, he's good I saw that he reads Saga which I thought was cool oh wow too. that is cool yeah 
That's cool. Which is good. So how does how does House of Secrets compare to some of the other novels you've done? Just for people who are you know fans of your stuff. Yeah, I mean, I my mother in law. Yeah, I pretty listen. Yeah. This, this is a shout out. What's your mother in law's last name? Uh, Lynn Sherlock. Lynn Sherlock. Miss Sherlock. Oh, this yeah. is for you, right? And yeah. So, oh, Lynn Sherlock is your name? Yeah. Okay. Well, we spent her love. Yeah. No, I mean, no. I forgot when you were yeah. a wizard. I forgot. Did I like sign books for you, you mother in law? Yeah, that was like Christmas presents for like three years yeah. to different people. <laughs> I literally did. I, was I like, forgot this, I did that. This. This. Right. Yep. I re- now I remember. Yeah, you yeah. hooked it up. I hope total, right. abuse, that was total abuse of power. Please, that was fine. Um, <laughs> and so what happened was, is for this book, it's a brand new, you don't have to read any of the others. It's right. a standalone character. And I think it's similar. I, you know, Todd Goldberg is who I worked on the book with, and he's like this great literary character writer. And our goal was, is to make a character, um, you know, we all know, and, and especially in comics, we, you know, we all know that there's plenty of, of, you know, we can see Jason Bourne and you can see James Bond. But when you think of in thrillers, female leads, like there's the girl with the dragon tattoo, but she's also kind of like, she's also pretty damaged. Um, and I really wanted to write a hero who doesn't apologize at all for who she is and isn't damaged. That You know, I, t- I try to teach my own daughter, like, don't have anyone come and save you. You can save yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and Hazel is, uh, as a character is just incredibly tough. She's what I call the werewolf. That's what she's known as in the book. And when we cracked her, I knew we had her when it says in chapter one about Hazel that when she was a little girl, uh, she used to listen to her father's stories about conspiracies. And, you know, he used to tell this story that there was a body found in revolutionary times and there was an autopsy and they cracked the chest open and inside the body, she said, was a book that belonged to Benedict Arnold. And she's like, tell it again. And at six years old, that's who she was. And, they, and the line that cracked her open was it said she was the girl who would burn her thumb on the stove and the next day would come back and put her other thumb on the stove and see how it compared the pain. Mm. And I was like, that's the girl I want to write. Like she's a, and when we had that line, I was like, we have the character. This yeah. is Hazel Nash. And so she's just this really... And because she doesn't have her memory, what she does is as she goes through the book, she loses her emotional memories because there's no such thing as like you know amnesia that's silly but there is a thing where you can lose emotional memories your connection to people so what happens is is she can walk into a bar and see a guy that she's attracted to and she doesn't know if that's her former husband or her most hated enemy she loses her emotional connection to the people that she cared about and I thought I made it up but then this guy was at a Columbia neuroscientist was like, no, that's real. And I was like, crap, I made that up. He's like, no, you made up nothing. Um, (laughs) And we gave it to her. But the nice part is, is she, as she digs into her own life, she realizes she wasn't really that proud of who she was. Mm -hmm. Like, she wasn't a good person. So Mm -hmm. she finds these guns and she finds these scars and she's like, am I a good person? And you get a second chance at life now. And this is her chance to be good or not whatever she was and I think all of us know what it's like to wish we could just have that chance and redo ourselves and Hazel has that chance so she gets the best of being really dark and and you know Wolverine so to speak but also gets to kind of try and be someone that stands for something bigger so I think as a character I haven't done a female character in you know almost two decades mm-hmm. um, and I feel like it was time to really put one forward it sounds awesome it sounds really yeah, good yeah, um, and you're lucky because I brought you copies yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we know you don't come without something for everybody. We appreciate right. that. Um, we mentioned a little bit Chris Aliopoulos, friend yes. of ours, dear friend. Mm-hmm. Um, how many books have you guys done together now? You know, we don't even do them anymore. We pay some kids in Malaysia to do them. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we've done... Um, that, that's so, a Chris joint. Yeah. That's what he would do. Yeah. So, um, 
so we yeah we've done these books for our kids uh, I wanted to give my kids real heroes and Chris did too we were tired of looking at reality TV show stars and loudmouth athletes mm-hmm. so we started with I'm Amelia Earhart and I am Abraham Lincoln um, we've now in September will be our ninth and tenth will come out, which is nice. I am George Washington and I am Jane Goodall nice. are coming out, and it's really it's our first living hero because like you know if I write about you know Abraham Lincoln, uh, you know Abraham Lincoln is not going to tell me what I got hey, right and wrong, whatever you want. right? And and that's one way to look at it, Ben. You yeah, could say whatever you want. <laughs> Screw the man. That's He's exactly dead. what you, can that's do. What you said. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. Screw him. What did Lincoln <laughs> ever do for me? <laughs> right. What did he do for you? <laughs> and so, oh boy. <laughs> um, and so. Uh, I love that, by the way, that you just said that. That's even, that makes me so happy. So um, Jane Goodall was a lie. So, we, so, you know, you send her the book and you're like, you're taking your life into your hands at that moment, right? Because, like, mm. what if she doesn't like it? What if she doesn't like how she's drawn? I mean, Chris, I'm sure would only, you know, I'm sure she wouldn't like what she was written as, not what she was drawn. Mm. And, and we sent the book to her and she gave us this great, and it, in the book we have this moment where um, the dog, her dog, she used to dress in pajamas. And we give her the book, and it goes to all the staff, and everyone has to get through it. But then we said to her, she said, can you take him out of the pajamas? And we said, well, didn't that happen? She said, yeah, it happened. But if you put it in the book, all these kids are going to put their dogs into pajamas, Mm. and it's going to be bad for the dogs. Mm. And, like, even today, all of her staff missed it, but she was, like, still on mission. Like, protect animals. Like, look out for them. Um, And then we do I Am George Washington, the 10th book. And it's fun for me because I just did, you know, the... The House of Secrets is all about George Washington and, and Invisible Ink and all the cool things he did. And then we get to do a kid's book of it. And so, of course, I put all, like, the nerdy stuff. Like, you're supposed to write about, like, you know, founding the country. And I'm like, we got to have Invisible Ink in this book. So, like, it's just, you know, because whatever. That's the cool stuff, man. George Washington wrote Invisible Ink. That's badass. And his secret name was 7-Eleven, which is like, Oof, if you were 7-Eleven, would you not use that? His secret code name was 7-Eleven. So I always signed things 7 one one And so I was like, we're putting this in the book. It's a history book, people. Um, so, yeah. So those are our ninth and 10th, and uh, then we're doing, we're now hopefully going to basically sign it on for 18 of them. That's great. And then we hope, I mean, but our goal has been to do 100 of them, because the goal has been, it's not about doing one hero, it's about helping you build a library Mm -hmm. of heroes, of real heroes for your kids and your grandkids, your nieces and your nephews. And that's what I love, is that people kind of play collect them all. That's really cool. Plus, you know, we hide, you know, Chris, first of all, I forgot, you know, we have the best, do you even know we put in, in Helen Keller, we have the best Marvel references hidden. It's been out for a year now and no one even noticed it. So we put in the back, there's a splash page in the back and it's all about kids with different handicaps. Sure. So uh, I forgot that until we were just talking about it. Matt Murdock and Foggy are there. Oh, nice. Um, we always hide Superman in every book, so Superman's there. Um, and you can see a guy who uh, is pointing to his ear. He's signing, and he's wearing a circular bullseye shirt. Oh. So we put Hawkeye in there oh, from Fractions cool. Run on Hawkeye. So we put, like, all... So we owe you lots of royalty money. <laughs> yeah, no, worries. You know what? no worries. At some point, you just uh, you have to write some comics for us, and we'll, yeah. we'll make it easy. Listen, one day I would love to. I mean, I... Like, I, I mean, as we were walking around the halls today, mm-hmm. I would love to do that. And I've I talked to Joe many years, and we met years ago in San Diego. And it's and for me, it's just a matter of finding time. Because I know I would love to do, Derek, I would love to do Spider-Man. I would love to do the X-Men. You know, would, I mean, I think, you know, the X-Men today are, they just, you know, in a strange way, are, can be so super relevant again. And listen, the Avengers are, you know, I've written JLA Avengers I, I you know I, I've written that book so many times. I've written mm-hmm. the entire book. I know what that book is. Yeah. Um, it's my dream book. Just because so. you get it published. 
Oh, that little thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of time, we're running out because I just checked. You got to get going, but we should have you back again. I will love to do that. This is good. This is great. And more important, thanks for all. I mean, I say this officially because, as if you were, you know, uh, the king and Stan himself. But <laughs> thank you guys for all the entertainment. I mean, I know yeah. it sounds stupid, but I can't tell you. You know, for someone who grew up on these heroes, uh, even coming in now, uh, and and having been here before when mm-hmm. it was in the old building. There's nothing like, I don't care where you go or what you do, like, there's nothing like that thing that you loved and that meant so much to you when, like, nothing else understood you in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a point in time where I was, none of my friends understood me, none, no girls understood me, certainly, like, but comics understood me. Like, and I just appreciate being in this place. It's like hallowed ground for me. So thanks for all the entertainment. Well, you're always welcome. And where can people find you online and get more information about the books? Yeah, they can find me at bradmeltzer.com. Twitter is at bradmeltzer and Facebook is also uh, facebook.com slash bradmeltzer. But um, I, House of Secrets is out now. If you have a Father's Day present, Ben, uh, or a mother-in-law That's present. That's true. I was actually yeah, thinking I'm going to get that present. for my father-in-law. Yeah. He loves like conspiracies and, and historical stuff. And yeah, if you know someone who loves conspiracies, I will say this is definitely, this book is, I mean, I literally took my life as a, as a guy who hosts a conspiracy TV show. And, you know, because I host a conspiracy TV show, everyone tells me secrets. Sure. Like, people come to me, like, the guy who shot Abraham Lincoln is John Wilkes Booth. His family, through their lawyer, contacted me and said, I got a phone call one day, and they said, uh, John Wilkes Booth, after he shot Abraham Lincoln, everyone says he was killed 12 days later where his family he actually they shot the wrong guy he actually escaped and would you like to hear the real story and we have the proof and I'm like yes I want to hear <laughs> yes, that story right? I mean, and so people tell me these stories like guys bring me the holy grail at my book signings but I realized in that moment I'm not even joking that's a true story um, but I realized in that moment that I'm the perfect spy like people tell me sure. stuff and I can go places I've been to the White House to a private lunch just because I have this show and because I write these thrillers so I was like it's the perfect character so I took all the conspiracy stuff that I saw behind the scenes and funneled it into the House of Secrets so it's fun mild-mannered Brad Meltzer is That's actually right. the deepest the spy, spy in history like you would ever know <laughs> <laughs> thank you Brad this is Marvel your universe <laughs>